This is a HeadGum Podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So he walks me into something called a Target, and I, sure enough, lost the bet. Turns out they make cleaning products for your home that you can buy. Like, it's not just sold to cleaning ladies or cleaning lady companies. I swear to God. No, they make, the cleaning lady makes her own products. <laughs> you, that's what I said, too. What? <laughs> Insane. Hey, hey, what, what up, up, what, what up? up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names of the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. I'm Hayes Davenport. I'm here with Sean Clements. What up? Uh, this is a podcast about Hollywood, the shiniest town in the whole... Seven seas. Yes. We, um, part of what we like to do on this show, we're making information free to the public. Yes. So people can take advantage of it. We like to take questions. We like to. The, the show is about helping people. Mm-hmm. What we've always said. And the day it becomes something other than that is. Clip, 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 clip. That's us. That's us. That's our feet. That's our feet. Yes. We're walking. So one of our favorites. Walking segments. away from the show. One of our favorite segments. It's like a linoleum hallway, and we've got on. Some kind of tap shoes, buckle shoe, or yeah. One of our favorite segments is engineer my career, where we let the engineer because they're doing this for free, fellas. Not free, but not free in exchange for in exchange for the knowledge. A certain knowledge that has a certain monetary value that's well beyond what the average podcast engineer would make. So, engineer my career. We have engineer Cody here in the studio with us today, and he's just going to lay a question on us, and we're going to try to help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about first, Cody. What are some of your? What's your ambition? Because it helps us to know what you're hoping to do what you, after this. what you think you could do. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm really glad to be here. We know. And there's also only a certain amount of time. Uh, that we have for this segment. It's a short opening segment. It's not like one of our anchor oh, okay. segments. I can, I can speed it up. It's a mini I'll try to yeah. go quicker, but I don't do this regularly or very often. Mm-hmm. And the so... You don't is, do what? Can tea you, is soft and often. To talk in into the microphone like okay. this. Oh, I see. Very unusual. Specify unusual. when you say, when you're talking about something that we don't know what it is. It, it helps that you specify what it is you're talking about. Like voltage and stuff? Or are you more interested No, in... I'm saying like when you say, I don't do this often. It's a lot of, there's a lot of there's things a, there's a lot that of you things don't do you, often. There's a lot of things you don't do often. And there's a lot of things you're doing at any given time that we don't know why you're doing them. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to be specific when you say that you don't do something. When you say, I do do this often, we know what that is. It's sleep. Mm-hmm. So I, you want me to be more detailed with my prepositions, what they're referring to? Well, that's certainly not what a preposition is. But if if we had all the time in the world, we get into yeah, we teach or not, you grammar, whether and or not parts what, of speech, whether or not what is a preposition. But 
Unfortunately, um, we don't have that time. No, it's a mini seg, so we don't have that. We much have twenty time. seconds. Well, essentially, I want to do that now. Whatever that is. Okay, we're out of time. Unfortunately, we are out of time. But I think he got a lot of great guidance, and I think we did engineer his career in the sense of at least knowing how to ask how the to right ask questions. a question, which is a very important part. Huge of, of of getting to the next level. Can't be underestimated. Having a concise question prepared ahead of time and knowing the most basic parts of speech. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome, Engineer Cody. Let's get into the next segment. This is a very fun segment for us. Little walk down memory lane for us. We watch these DVDs. We turn them on. They start playing. For uh, just very quickly. Yes. DVD. It's a disc. It's a round disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it holds movies on it. Sometimes on the DVD, when it on one side it holds just the movies, and then the other side holds the movies with something special features mm-hmm. like a making of featurette or a um, the original teaser that was in the theater yeah. or commentary. In certain parts of the country, on the coasts and in like parts of Chicago. You can go to this private club called Blockbuster and you present them with your member's card uh, and they will give you these DVDs. And yes, like you were saying, a lot of these DVDs come with commentary where the filmmakers describe how they made the movies. And we thought, isn't that fun? And shouldn't we provide some commentary on Mm -hmm. some of the movies we've been involved in Mm -hmm. for our listeners so you can hear what it was really like on the movie set? Mm Mm-hmm. But this commentary is a little different. It's uncommon commentary. This is uncommon commentary because a lot of what you hear on the more common commentaries is lies and... It's BS. And uh, and a bunch of... It's a bunch of hack bullshit artists telling you that they were involved in a movie that me and Hayes really made. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just play the scene and we'll sort of pause it at intervals and we'll uh, commentate on what on what was actually going on behind the scenes. We've known each other many years, but this is the first time he ever came to me for counsel or for help. I can't remember the last time that he invited me to your house for a cup of coffee. Now, he's, um, he's petting that cat in the scene. You remember that conversation? Oh, yes, I do. Well, this is, and we should let people know, this is Marlon Brando. Yes. Uh, That's the voice you hear. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not the voice he wanted you to hear. He wanted to be skinny and young for this film. That's right. Um, He was like, that's how people know me. Like, that's most of my movies. I'm skinny and I'm young. And I speak pretty clearly. And that was the biggest fight. So, like, yes, for example, when this guy asked him for a favor, he would say, gosh, I'd love to. That, that was yeah, sort of the vibe sort of you wanted to. Intern vibe, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anything else I can do for you? And so uh, he, yeah, he wanted to play sort of this Southern Hick character. Mm-hmm. Um, we said no. We said you got to be a heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, well, at least let me show that I love animals. Yeah, by eating this this cat. And so we went back and forth on that for a long time, and we tried a couple. There were a couple takes where he had a fork and knife, and he would be slicing up the cat and, and gobbling down mm-hmm. chunks of it. And we found it so distracting. Yeah. But it's so difficult for someone like him. If he decides that's what his character would do in this scene, it's very difficult to get him off it. So we said, 
Do it before the scene. Eat a eat a whole cat. Eat one before the scene and eat one after the scene. Yeah. So then your character just did that, and he's getting ready. He's holding the cat in during his lap. the scene. You're preparing it. You're he's sort tenderizing of tenderizing it. it with your hand. Yes, and you can see actually if you watch the scene, he is smelling it a lot. Yeah, and he's and he's sort of drooling, mm-hmm. and um, it's funny because we did actually end up creating Alf based on yes some of what Brando was doing on the set. Even though my wife was godmother to your only child. But let's be frank, yeah. You never wanted my friendship. And uh, you were afraid to be in my debt. I didn't want to get into trouble. I understand. He, uh, it's just, as I watch this, I'm looking at his face. And remembering what he wanted to do? Yeah. Now, Brando wanted to wear Groucho glasses through mm-hmm. the entire film, mm-hmm. uh, the kind with the little wind-up button inside the nose so that the eyebrows go up, we'll and, go down. up and down. Yeah. So he insisted, this guy's a big mafia man, he mm-hmm. would say. He doesn't want to get recognized. He need to hide his face. He's got to be in a funny disguise. Yeah. That's and, what he would say over and over mm-hmm. again. What about the funny disguise? So if you look anytime there's an over the shoulder shot, mm-hmm. you can actually see the shadow of the big novelty the eyebrow big and eyebrow. the glasses coming out because mm-hmm. he did wear them for a lot of the takes, but we just lied to him about which side of the camera could see him. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the like kind of tick, 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 tick of like the, the mechanism unwinding as the eyebrows go up and down. Yeah, we got a little bit out in post, but it also kind of helped the tone, I think. So, yeah, to get him to not do Groucho glasses on the reverse uh, was a big, big fight. And sometimes if that's what your actor needs to get into character, you just let him roll and you work with it like we did. And we made a masterpiece. Now you come to me and you say, Don Corleone, give me justice. But you don't ask for respect. You don't offer friendship. You don't even think to call me Godfather. It was, there was like little misconception we had on the first day when he thought that he was actually supposed to be God's father. Yeah, uh, that that took some tap dancing, and it was uh, it was clear why he would have thought that in the first place, just based on what the title of the movie is. And we went to Francis Ford and said, "Can we do something about this title? It kind of makes it seem like he is." supposed to be God's father, but he'd already, he brought up this huge palette of t-shirts and he's like, I'm underwater in these t-shirts. Like yeah, there's no, he was upside down on his t-shirt order. There's no sending these back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and the crew was very happy to have, they were wearing that. And so mm-hmm. ultimately the t-shirt wound up being so popular. It yeah. was worth the work we had to do on the mm-hmm. A side convincing him because and he had a legitimate argument which is a godfather Mm -hmm. is a kind of submarine sandwich yes that's another source of confusion a godfather is a kind of submarine sandwich Mm -hmm. god's father Mm -hmm. is a character i can play and he sort of um he was like that's like being superman's father and we said well you'll do that later I think part of what made the t-shirts in the movie so successful was that it was a little confusing and you had to go to sort of figure out. Well, you felt like you were 
in a special club. Yeah. Which is another type of submarine sandwich. You said you come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to do murder. This was the biggest battle we had to pick. Yeah. The script called for it to be his daughter's wedding day, which is what you see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Brando really felt that it should be his daughter's quinceanera. Mm -hmm. His argument holds water. Mm -hmm. A girl only has one quinceanera. It's her most special day. A lot of people these days, they get married, they get divorced, they don't get married, they have kids. It's it. it doesn't matter. You can go get married at a courthouse. So wedding day is not as important. The institution of marriage as we know it is sort of falling apart. It's eroding. There are elements uh, in society that are changing the definition of what... It, it, it used to mean something. And it's no longer It doesn't does. really mean anything anymore. Thank you, Obama. And so the point we kept making was... I think it's pretty important that this guy's Italian. Yes. And it turned out we were talking about the same thing because Marlon thought that being Hispanic and Italian was the same thing. And so... He didn't realize there's two kinds of people. So he he came in his sombrero with his Mexican jumping beans, and he's like, all right, I'm ready to, to do this part. And... It just, you know, it was a a lesson learned. It just became, like, one of those things where you realize you are on, you've been on the same page all along. Money. I ask you for justice. That is not justice. Your daughter is still alive. Maybe Miss Suffer then. She suffers. We remember directing him because he was so scared of this guy. Yeah. Brando was so scared of the other guy in the room. He looks like he's going to punch me. Yeah, he was really worried about getting punched. And we were like, well, you're supposed to command a sort of authoritative, like he's supposed to be scared of you, but you, like with your teeth chattering like that and like sort of hiding under the desk and shivering, that's not really coming through as much. And he had his lines down. He, He was like getting all his lines. But he was doing most of them from under the desk. Yeah, and so the audio that you hear is all from him being under the desk. Mm -hmm. And then when you see him, we actually had to get that guy out of the room. And bring his mom in. And bring his mommy in. So he's sitting up looking at his mommy Mm -hmm. in a lot of the visual parts of the film where he's on camera. Mm -hmm. And then when he's speaking, he's nailing – I think he nails the lines, the vocal performance. Mm -hmm. But it's all from under the desk – Yes, because he, when he's talking to his mom, the vocal performance wasn't really working because he was speaking very, very sweetly. Yes. He was doing a little bit of this. But, mommy, your daughter's still alive. That's not justice. Yeah, it was a lot like that. And then... I think at this point the movie ended because he wandered off mm. and the the shoot was basically over at that point and we were able to patch it together from stuff from his other movies uh but uh Brando got lost. Yeah, he um there was I guess an open sewer grate and he uh got one foot caught in and then he reached his head and hands 
in to get that foot free and wound up getting his whole body in there. Mm -hmm. And he lived down there for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until we were filming The Godfather 3, actually, Mm -hmm. that we saw him again. Uh, And he built a life for himself down there. But he also adjusted back to society pretty well, I Mm -hmm. think. He had put on a lot of weight. When he came back up, he was much heavier uh, from eating goldfish and hamsters and like household pets crocodiles yeah eating a bunch of crocodiles yes uh that's uncommon commentary now you know now when you watch the movie again you'll you have a little more feel for what was a little more context yes we have a very good guest today i think that's right michael showalter is here from the stellas from the states some of the greatest comedy troops to ever do it, uh, we have a great conversation with him coming up on Hollywood Handbook. Hollywood Handbook. So these guys are all coming up to me and I'm like, just because you own me in your fantasy podcasting league doesn't mean you owe me. I'm not accountable to you, you know? I'm yeah. going to do what I'm going to do to like to succeed in podcasting and like this is something that I'm not even aware of. You know, I appreciate it. I love that you're fans, but that's not that's not my focus. So hard to educate them. What up, what up? What up, what up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. Uh, heck of a guest. Heck of a guest today. Really big guest today. A uh, really close friend of ours. Michael Showalter's here. Michael Showalter. It's great to be here. So, um, sometimes we like to help out when, mm. when like this is sort of an anchor podcast hollywood handbook okay. and when a when earwolf what does that mean? the other podcasts are on this network are lost leaders okay and there's the one podcast that sort of it's the case with like nerdist and uh, and, and that podcast and all the others there's one podcast that kind of feeds the funds others. the rest so of the so it's like network. you guys are like uh you know, Big Bang Theory on yes. CBS. Yeah, like That's a Big Bang you Theory. Exactly. Um, and, and, and it's, You're the moneymaker. Mm-hmm. We the keep money the maker. doors open so the other podcasts can find their feet, hopefully. Got right. It, so it, and they it. And they can experiment with, like, passion projects and things like that because got they it. always have... Right, us, right, you know, the money's right, coming in. Right, for, I get it. Through our I get podcasts. it. Well, that's great. So we thought we'd have you on because you have your new podcast that you're doing mm-hmm, on the on mm-hmm. the, on the the Earwolf channel. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Speak on that. You're basically saying financed by you guys. Yes. In a way, yeah. Um, it's a uh, podcast called Cat Matters mm-hmm. uh, because cats matter. That's and, great. Yep. And we're going to have uh, uh, listeners call in and we're going to just take questions and people can tell stories about their cats and talk about their cats. And we're basically just going to have people call in and they're going to talk to me about their cats. Now, there was another Earwolf podcast called Podcats. Right. This is a point of contention with you, maybe, because... I don't think so. That, if I'm not mistaken, was Mark Maron's actual cats talking. Talking to each other. Yeah, I don't mm. think that's the same. I'm not too But concerned. how do you, in the shadow of that podcast, how do you carve out your own space when they sort of said all there was to say... I just am not familiar wise. enough with it to even comment on it. I think that's a great attitude. Yeah. Yeah, okay. just... Pretend, pretend, pretend you don't know ex- what it is. Pretend but it I, think that, yeah. Yeah. I think that 
Um, Mark Mark's going to be the first guest on on my show. Oh, He'll okay. Be here, wow. Uh, which I think is fitting because he is uh, a very well known cat loving person. I would have gotten Mark Twain, but uh, he's not alive. <laughs> oh no! Okay, that is uh, wicked. Honestly, that is that is wicked. Yeah. Sick. So maybe I'll talk to him about podcasts <laughs> when. Uh, I don't want to be up in. I don't want to be up inside that, that brain. Yeah, some weird twists. <laughs> some of the stuff. twisted stuff. Now, Michael, um, you and I go a ways back, yeah. uh, and I was recently thinking about um, an exchange we've had that comes up for me every so often, mm-hmm. uh, just about this business. And we were outside the Fire and Ice charity ball, uh, mm-hmm. the paparazzos clicking away, and uh, I got friggin' pissed, and I, mm. and I. Gave one of them a good shove, mm-hmm. and I said, God, I hate this business sometimes. And you put your arm around me, and you pointed at your brand new Ford F-150, mm-hmm. and you said, yeah, but the toys are nice. Mm-hmm. I did say that, didn't I? Do you know what that meant to me? Speak on that. Speak on that. Speak on what that meant to me? Speak on that to thing you, you said, um, and what it meant to Sean. Um. Well, I'd really like to know what Sean. Uh, what did it mean to you? What did, what did it mean to you, Sean? Well, it's just so easy to lose sight. I think mm-hmm. of what I got into this for, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and when you're in the midst of network notes and your hands mm-hmm. cramped up from signing autographs, mm-hmm. and you're um, and you're just sick of it, and you're just over it. Sometimes you got to take a deep breath and go. But the toys are nice. But the toys are nice. But the toys are nice. But the uh, the the carvings, the shavings. Yes, the shavings. The shavings. The shavings. Thank you. It's like the the work is the haircut. The process going through mm-hmm. that is the haircut. But then after you get to sweep it all yes. up, you and you get a big bag of hair, and you get you know to keep I mean? it. You get to keep the hair. Yeah. Oh, and it's so true. It's so true, you guys. Well, I mean, no one knows it better than you guys, right? Because you're, uh, you're old pros. And yeah, we guilty. We um were uh, talking the other day about when you guys kicked us out of the state for cracking people shit up too hard. Right. Uh, no one could how, get through a sketch. Yes. If you could speak on that, if you remember, I remember. I mean, I remember it. Um, it was the second season, and we uh, we we wanted to open it up and bring in some new people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we did some auditions and stuff. If I'm remembering correctly, you guys were meeting only, and uh, you guys you guys blew us away. You brought in some characters, you brought in some sketch ideas, and um, and then. When we started doing it, I do remember that you guys were literally just – it was you, the, the material that you guys were, were doing. It was too funny. That yeah. was the actual feeling amongst the group was just that what you guys were bringing to the table was too funny. And you said, I remember. So it turns out there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was during Hayes' jerk-off robot sketch. Mm-hmm. Where he's mm-hmm. a robot that wants – that says, why Why do you want so much jerk-off? Mm-hmm. And uh, – mm-hmm. And I think I remember that no one could keep their shit together. No, mm-hmm. no, it was um, it was a laugh out loud funny moment. His catchphrase was hilarious. Why don't you say the catchphrase? Mm-hmm. Does not 
compute, boner, buffering, buffering. And it was a long catchphrase. It was a long catchphrase. It was a long catchphrase. It had a lot of pauses. The the pause at the the front, I think, is the most important one of that catchphrase. But I mean, we, we knew, we knew. Yeah, the front pause is the was the best pause. Uh-huh. Um, but we knew when we heard "does not compute buffering buffering" hmm. that we had something. We had the next church lady on our hands when we heard that, and for some of the group members, it was a little intimidating. There's a question from the popcorn gallery, sort of an old standard question that mm-hmm. we like to ask. Yeah, uh, some uh, of we reach into the popcorn gallery uh, whenever um, we have a. Hollywood celebrity guests that a lot of our listeners don't have access to, mm-hmm. we let them sort of pose questions on the web and then we'll ask them. And that's the popcorn gallery. That's what the popcorn gallery the popcorn is, gallery. and it's sort of a twist on the traditional peanut gallery, ah, but at the movies, they they serve popcorn. I see. Uh, and that question is... Do you want to reach into the popcorn gallery first? Well, yeah, just let me finish saying, and that yeah. question is, and then you'll reach into it. Okay, great. And that question is... Ooh, Yummy. This is a question from Bird Rules. Uh, how do you get into the funny zone? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you make that? How do you cross that space mm-hmm. from just being Michael Showalter mm-hmm. uh, to stepping inside the funny zone uh, when you're on stage or when, right. the, when the cameras are on? Right. That's such a good question. It's um, and he's just shaking his head. I'm just so wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. I just so wasn't ready to go that deep. He's starting to tear up a hits little bit. It's pretty hard. It hit, yeah, I mean, um, I wasn't – I thought we were going to come here and have a few laughs. And, sure. A lot of people say that. And then all of a sudden you hit me with a, you know, with a question like that. Um, you know, everyone has – first of all, let me say, it's there's no one right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their process, Thank right? you. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy that likes to just – you know get quiet Mm. i just like to get quiet right before i'm about to go on stage just zone out all the noise all the lights Mm. and uh breathe and then boom let's do this it's showtime you just open your eyes back up and you're there boom i heard you even turn your phone off Mm -hmm. oh sure i'm amazed by that i can't do it yeah I'm connected to the GD thing. It's part of my hand now, basically. I literally think it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. I literally think it should be classified as an addiction at this point, yeah. checking your phone. Yes, it should be. That's how extreme it's gotten. It should, people should go to jail. Yeah. Phone jail? Mm-hmm. One thing I like to say, if you look at your phone in front of me when I'm talking to you, that's wh- like inviting another person into the conversation. Uh-huh. You know what and I mean? And that's rude. You should never do that. And would you do that? I don't think you always would. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to really think about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people should go to jail. Um, how do you get back out of the funny zone? Same way you got back, same way you got in. Yeah. Same way you got in. Turn it off. Just take a mo- get a quiet moment, mm-hmm. check in with yourself, mm-hmm. and boom, now you're back in back down to reality from being up on on the top of the mountain. Yeah, turn your phone back on. I find it hurts sometimes 
going in and out. It's like Wolverine's claws, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Every time. It's like his superpower, you know? It's what but gives it hurts him, him when he does it. It hurts him every single time he does it. Mm-hmm. But if, It takes something away from you. It, yes. It's killing a little part of yourself every time you give that much. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, because it doesn't. You know, you're giving because you're not you. You're taking it from well, yourself. Well, you're not you. You're you're yes. You're everybody. And it's basically I'm gonna be everybody. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the gift of me. Hmm. I'm gonna let you eat me alive. And it hurts, but it it hurts me, but it helps you. Yes, because without the clock, you know, how could you save the day? Mm-hmm. You know, how could you? become a superhero yeah and th- and this isn't meant to be offensive but i, I think it, it struck me you said like i'm gonna let you eat me i'm gonna let you gobble me up and so in a way it's like what jesus did mm-hmm. but only wow. more so because we're doing it all the time mm-hmm. yeah so it's even braver it's than exactly maybe what, what jesus, jesus did said. that's yeah. exactly what jesus did. yeah and he just did it the one time he was like gobble me up and then he peaced out stepped away yeah yep. yes because he probably knew what we know now which is it really hurts right Whereas we, we've done, this is like our seventh or eighth episode of this thing, mm. and him just doing one episode, basically, into like one his, podcast episode. His, his, you could say his life was was a ver- one, one very good podcast. One very good podcast. An excellent yes. podcast episode. Um, a great premiere, but if you don't follow it up, really, what is that? Now, Michael, we know you're a bit of a foodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of your reputation around yep. town. Yep. Uh, and you like to do your famous restaurant reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. What are some of the hottest restaurants in town uh, that you've been checking out, enjoying eating at lately? Yeah. Uh, there's an amazing new Tex-Mex place mm-hmm. um, in um, WeHo uh, called... Uh, Colonel Billy's wheelbag. Oh, wow. Okay, I've heard about this. I haven't been able to go and check it out. Colonel Billy's wheelbag. Colonel Billy's wheelbag. They make it tough to say on purpose. And it's Tex-Mex, and it's just some of the best darn barbecue you've ever had. Wow. Um, And that's interesting, because I don't normally consider barbecue to be a Tex-Mex food. You don't? No. What but, is it? What would you? How? What genre of food would you classify barbecue as? Well, I think it could be considered a genre in itself. Mm, okay. Or and this is just me. I'm not coming from the same food background. So as you are. Saying, I didn't go to college. Wait. School. So you're saying that if you went to a city and you wanted to know where the good barbecue was, yes, you would. Because if it were me, I I would just say, what's the good Tex-Mex? What's the good Tex-Mex? Where are the yes. Tex-Mex at? Where are Where's I, the Tex-Mex at? Knowing yes. that the answer to that question would lead me to the best barbecue. Are you saying you'd say, where can I get good barbecue in this I, town? And I sort of betray myself as a gringo. I get a lot of looks uh, when I say, where's the best barbecue? Uh, and they know they send me to whatever, like the because I mean, if the you're non-local in, place. If you're in, the tourist in I'll say, uh, San Antonio, Texas, which... Sure. which, which is known for its Tex-Mex. Have you been? I haven't been there. But if you if you go to San Antonio, Texas, right, and you go in there and you say, tell me where the good barbecue is, yeah. they're going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh in your face. Sure. I, They'll send you to whatever. They'll send you to whatever chain barbecue place there is. Sure. You, you want to find the real place? Say, where's the tech, good Tex-Mex? So I'm telling you the, the best Tex-Mex in L.A., is in WeHo, mm-hmm. and it's called Captain Billy's Wheelbag. 
Yeah, and then the new place they opened, Uncle Billy's Wheel Bag, is right around the corner, and you're saying it's almost as good. It's it's almost as good. It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. Smaller tables. Smaller tables. Um, smaller menu. Mm-hmm. Like a diff- kind of a less dress uppy. Mm-hmm. Captain Billy's is kind of dress uppy. Yeah, and I love the less dress uppy because it's like. Get you want to eat and run. You want to eat and run. You want to eat and run. I'm just so sick of wearing this monkey suit. When I can suit. take my work tux off yeah. after a long day, it's a, yeah. it's a nice feeling. And that's I earned truth. it. When's the last time you, do you remember the last time you paid for a meal in this town? Uh, think back. It happens more often than you'd think. Um, really? Because yeah. you have to treat everyone else? Well, that or. There are, you know, depending on, depending on, you know, let's put it this way. Sometimes I'm incognito. Ah. Uh, so the last time Michael Showalter paid for a meal was a long time ago, but maybe the last time, uh, what is Mi- your... Mickey, Mickey Skywalker. No, it's Steve Bronson. Steve Bronson. Yeah. Tough name. Yep. Tough name. Wouldn't want to mess with him. And how do you? What sorts of disguises do you? I spell, I spell you Steve S T E P H. Oh. oh. And do people say Steph and you correct they them? They say Steph, and I say it's actually pronounced Steve. Oh um, wow, that's a good power play. Yes, because right away you're telling them, "Hey, you're wrong." So they go, uh, "Table for two, Steph Bronson," and I say, "That's Steve Bronson." It's not that I'm not a dick about it. I understand why they say it, why they pronounce it. It looks that. like so it should be pronounced. I say Steph. the pH is actually pronounced V, Steve. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that, though. Yeah. Um, disguises. I Oftentimes it's a beard, uh, mm-hmm. just a goatee, no mustache, just the bottom part, um, dark glasses, and then the 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 wool hat, the, mm-hmm. the ski hat. Mm. And because you famously don't have a beard, and so they say, "Yeah, it's oh, like a, it's oh, a goatee. No. It's a thick right. goatee. Yeah. yeah, just a goatee." Mm-hmm. And I look kind of like a beatnik, you know, like oh, the, you cool. Know, yeah. So I don't know. It's like I just sometimes I don't want to be bothered, you know. And so on those nights that I don't want to be bothered, but I want to go out, mm-hmm. I put on the costume and I'm Steve mm-hmm. uh, Bronson, and I pay. I'll pay, Michael. New York or L.A.? Oof. The eternal question. Rough. <laughs> New York I'm or here, LA. I'm there. When I'm there, I'm here. When I'm here, I'm there. That is so true. What about you, what about you guys? Jeez. I Ooh. mean, how many times have we had this conversation? Yeah. I feel like I flip-flop every, every friggin' day. Mm-hmm. I think the weather is better in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, and I stand by that. You've got but the mountains de- it depends and you've got how you the water. define better. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You've got the mountains and you've got the water. Mm-hmm. But in New York, the energy, right? Sure. The immediacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would go L.A., and my, I, I disagree with that because I think they're both great. And so that's oh. what we fight about. He says L.A. and I just say that they're both great. And so we've gone back and forth on it. And, uh, you like them both. A number of times. I just think they're it's both not really a competi- great cities. It's not a competition. Yeah, there's it's not no, a competition. there doesn't need to be a winner. I throw San Francisco in there as another great city. Absolutely. Um, sure. Nolens. Vienna. Love Vienna. The sausages in Vienna are incredible. The, the music scene in Vienna. Mm-hmm. 
um, the vibrant, vibrant music scene. Because mm-hmm. you're something of a raver, am I right? Oh, I mean, not as much as I used to be, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm absolutely, at least once a week, uh, once a year, I'm sorry, I will go out and rave. And you're, you're still candy flipping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, you obviously have said no to some lucrative commercial offers. Yes. yes. Uh, but at the same time, we understand that you're branching into advertising and actually yes. becoming a spokesperson for a pretty big company. Yes. Uh, Scoop Troop, yes. get your pens out. Right. Uh, we're going to bust this wide open. Yes. Um, you've decided to become Mr. Crystal Light. And I want to hear from you what went into making that decision and uh, why this campaign appealed to you uh, when so many others didn't pass muster. Um, Crystal Light was, was, I'll be honest with you, they were willing to pony up the Benjamins. Sure. Yeah. Refreshing to hear someone be. I mean, I like the product. I like the product. I'm not, I'm not, I would never endorse a product that I don't at its core like. I absolutely Mm. like it. It's, it's a good tasting uh, drink. It's refreshing. It's, I think it's delicious. Um, It's easy to use. Um, It's affordable. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. They put money in my pocket, and I said yes. But as I said, I endorse. I think it's a good product, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing national. I'm not on. I don't. I don't know if you if if you saw. What did you get a press release or something? What? Did, how did you know about this? Uh, in my assistant Benjamin has a uh, girl he used to date who works inside their marketing. Okay, department. so yeah. I'm I'm not on screen. Mm-hmm. Did they tell you that? I I didn't get the details. I'm not on screen. I'm not even in voice. I'm. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's an animated. The character is in an animated version of me. Mm. Um, the Mr. Crystal Light is just. It's a cartoon character um, that I help them create. You put on the ping pong ball exactly. suit and move around, exactly. and they sort of mimic Correct. your movement. Correct. But I don't do any. Vo- I don't do the voice, and I don't. And it doesn't look like me. But I created the move. The, the way the character moves. I created his attitude. I created his point of view. Who is who is doing the voice? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know that uh, I know that they were out to. I want to say Tobey Maguire. I don't know if he's doing it or not. That would he be. Can't, I'm sorry, he can't do you. That would be huge for him. Well, he I would be doing. He wouldn't be doing me. He would be doing Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Crystal Light. I, I'm just yeah. saying, if the attitude was created by you, and you're going to put Toby in there, it's going to. I agree. Well, he gives it a certain sincerity and earnestness that I can't do. I'm too, I'm intrinsically too sarcastic. And I know that Uh they were looking for Mr. Crystal Light to have a certain sincerity and earnestness about him. Mm -hmm. Um, They liked the physicality that I gave them. They liked the, the kind of the whole take that I, you know, that I created for the character. But I don't think that when I did the voice, I don't actually don't think it tested well. That's the honest truth. It didn't test well. I thought of a joke while you were talking. Uh, If they want earnestness, uh, why don't they get Jim Varney? Speak on that. Speak on that joke, Michael. (laughs) Me speak on it? Yeah, I'd love to hear you speak. Well, I feel like it's a reference to Ernest, the character of Ernest, who, who, is that his name? And, um... It just seems like a very funny joke. It, he took it. He he's using. It's pun. It's a. I guess it's a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And big time. I think it's hilarious what you just did. I think it's hilarious what you just did. 
mutual admiration society here. It's <laughs> yeah, it's fun. so it's fun to see. Um, what else? So, uh, well, I mean, is there is there anything while you have this platform that you wanted to plug, or is there anything you have coming down the pike you're excited about? Something you um, wrote, directed, something you're in, a tour. I am in an indie film mm, um, that I'm very oh. excited about. It's an ensemble comedy, edgy, uh, sort of in the vein of a of a um, like drink, drinking buddies or something that kind of a thing, mm, yes. like kind of an edgy okay. generational. Mm-hmm. We know him, and it's yes. called um, Hands of Meat. Ooh, oh, Hands right. of Meat. Um, what an interesting title. And M E A T. And the main character, I don't play the main character, but the main character is a guy who has hands that are made out of meat. And uh, Now, did they find someone with meat hands or did they? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It's all Movie special magic. effects. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's actually Elijah Wood plays that character. Wow. And um, he's really, really good. I could see him really disappearing into a part like that. And, uh, and it's a really cool cast. I'm in it and um, a bunch of other great people. But you had to work around Wilfred. Nightmare scheduling mm-hmm. to work around Wilfred. God, I mean, that show to put a juggernaut like that on pause and to go and make a Meat Hands movie. I mean, I get it. It's an he's independent very film. It's he's art, really but- dedicated. Well, it had a good budget. It's an independent film, but that term is. You know, it had a what good. What does that? It had a good yeah, budget. what does that even mean anymore? What does it even? I mean, we we were over twelve million Ooh. on the budget. It's a big. I oh, mean, it wow. was it was it felt like a studio movie, but it's technically called independent. Even for twelve mil. Um, but he's he's great, and he's the so meat great. hands are very realistic. What was the the process for like uh, put some green? It's turkey. Green gloves. It's oh, turkey. it's just turkey. It's turkey meat. Wow. I could see. So they just had real turkey. I mean, it's not even a special effect. They literally just wow. had. Every day they'd have a new. They'd have new turkey hands. It's for a him. special effect only in that it's like unusual and good. And the special effect is mostly just t- some touch-ups in post. Uh, okay. um, but wow. it. But it's just turkey. So, one last thing on mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. movie, I guess. Um, you had some love scenes with Taylor Momsen, mm-hmm. and I understand they're not. Simulated, and uh, I just want to talk about: Is that uncomfortable for you? Uh, is it old hat at this point? Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, she's not attractive enough for you. We were well. We are. It is simulated. We're wearing nude underwear. Ah. Uh, um, so okay. there's no. It is totally simulated. Okay, not that's what a rumor. She said. No, that's okay. a rumor. Mm-hmm. That is a rumor. I'm married, happily married. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we're wearing nude underwear. In that, in all of those scenes, so mm. well, it's very realistic. It is no, and the and the director did a great job, um, but and Taylor was great and very like we had a good time shooting the scenes, but it's it's not it's all acting. Does your wife like to be on set for stuff like that, or does she like to let you do your job and then when you come home, you're her husband again? Yes, we're we keep we keep work. And our home life very separate. So mm-hmm. she does her thing, I do mine, mm-hmm. and um, you know she'll see the movie. Sure. When we have a premiere, she'll come see it and everything. And she read the script and all that stuff. So she knows all about it. But um, 
now she wouldn't have been comfortable watching the watching those scenes. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. And I was uncomfortable. I'll be honest. It's not easy doing doing a sex scene. It's not easy, and, and it's uncomfortable. We had to close the set, mm. so it was just me, her, and the director, and the and the that was it. Something good I've heard about sex scenes that Denzel Washington said, and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt said that he said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was um, in I just in terms of talking about getting an erection during them? Sure. Is to say to the female, I apologize if I do, and I apologize if I don't. And when Joseph Gordon-Levitt said that Denzel said that, mm-hmm. I thought, man, what a line! Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? What that means to people who might not understand? I I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand what it means, but if people don't. I would love to hear, like what what that is talking about. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I'm sorry, thick-headed of me to yeah. think that people would just get it. Um, if you're built in the way that Michael and I and Hayes as well yeah, are built, sure. uh, yes, and you become aroused during uh-huh. a scene like that, totally, it's, it's people, obvious. People yeah. are going to know it. Yes, uh, and it can be a little uncomfortable. Yes, uh, a little uncomfy. Um, but uh, it can also be flattering for a woman mm. to know that she is aroused you that like that. Although that. Yeah. that's right. Although dirty secret, it's never really about her. Um, but it can be uh, offensive, uncomfortable. So, uh, so what they're saying is all my bases are covered. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt said that Denzel said that mm-hmm. that. Um, he apologizes if he does, or he apologizes if he doesn't. So you can't really be lose. mad. You can't lose either you can't way. That's lose. right. Then that's what that means. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely right. Mm-hmm. Michael, thank you so much for Thanks joining you guys. us. Thanks, you guys. Review us on iTunes. Uh, talk to us on the forums. Uh, buy the pro buy, version. Buy the pro version. Uh-huh. Uh, that's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.